What's up, everybody? My name is Taylor Lassiter. Welcome to the TEL podcast, where we strive to talk to, educate, and lead American business owners, managers, and anybody else willing to listen into the 21st century business. This is going to be a little bit of a trailer, if you will, of who I am, how I got here, and why I decided to start a podcast. So, like I said before, my name is Taylor Lassiter. I grew up in a small town in Southern California, out in the Mojave Desert called Yucca Valley. If you're from, I don't know, LA, you probably heard of the Joshua Tree National Park. That was my backyard. Um, it's actually kind of funny to see the difference in that area now from back when I was a kid. No one really knew about that park. It was actually called the Joshua Tree National Monument at the time. And now Air, it's like Airbnb city out there. Um, I actually just was looking on Airbnb just to see what the price of things were out there. And there was a house. It's a big fancy house, but it was like 7000 a night, which is just insane to me. So anyways, uh, I grew up out there because my dad was stationed at the Marine Corps base out there. Um, he was in the Marine Corps and he's originally from Southeast Texas where it's hot and humid and bugs and everything. And when he went out there, I guess he loved it so much. He met my mom and they decided to stay out there. So that's where I grew up. It's kind of interesting. Uh, he never really talked about the military, but from five years old, for whatever reason, I wanted to be a Marine. And, uh, I was about fourth grade when 9-11 happened, so that just kind of solidified my wanting to join. As I got into high school time, my dad, being the enlisted man and this understanding how the military works, he's like, you should go be an officer. And so I went through the process of going to the Naval Academy. I got, um, or applying to go to the Naval Academy. I got selected to go to the Naval Academy summer seminar session at the campus in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, beautiful campus. If you ever get a chance to go there and check it out, I highly recommend it. It's gorgeous there. Um, got to do that. Had a number to go. And I was sitting in a physics class in my senior year of high school, not knowing what's going on. If you know the Naval Academy or pretty much all the military academies, they're very heavy in math and science and stuff. And that's just not my thing. I'm more of an English, arts, history. I love history kind of guy and so I'm sitting there not knowing what's going on in this class and in that moment I decided I'm going to enlist and join the Marine Corps as an enlisted guy. I switched my class to acting and uh, I actually really enjoyed that class. It was kind of one of those ones where people don't go to that class to like learn acting. They usually do it just to go goof off and uh, but the teacher in that class if you applied yourself he actually like really helped you with it. And I did this monologue. Uh, everybody had to do it. I did uh, the You Can't Handle the Truth, Few Good Men, Colonel Jessup monologue. And I got like super into it and it like blew everybody's minds. I don't know how good it was, but everybody said it was good. Anyways, I joined the military right after high school, went to boot camp. I was 17 years old. Eventually got stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Uh, you get your wish list when you're in boot camp to like pick duty stations and stuff. And uh, I picked Okinawa, Japan, because if, if you don't know this, I am, well, you wouldn't know this. Uh, <laughs> I am a quarter Japanese. My mom's half Japanese. And all of my Japanese family is actually from Okinawa. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool to go there and do that. Well, you know, the Marine Corps does whatever it wants anyways. And they sent me as far away from Okinawa as possible to Camp Lejeune. And uh, I got there. I was with uh, artillery unit. I was a, a radio operator. Um, radio operators pretty much go to every unit. And uh, they sent me to artillery. I got on with a 
fire support team. They're the ones that call in or they talk to aircraft and talk them down on enemy targets and artillery and mortars and all that stuff. Um, got picked up to go to Afghanistan in 2012 with 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines uh, and enjoy Afghanistan in all its glory. I came back a couple years later, decided to get out of the military, and that's where the fun began. Um, if you know anybody who's in the military or who have, has transitioned out of the military, they'll tell you that it's not very easy. Um, I was very young when I joined the military, and up until that point, I always knew what I was going to do. Whether I was going to go to college first and become an officer or not, I was going in the military. I never had this kind of like crisis of trying to figure out where I belong or what I was going to do with my life. I always knew up until that point. So when I got out of the military, it was a big wake-up call. Um, totally different. And you think that when you get out, everybody's going to just magically know everything you did in the military, and they're just going to be like, ooh, and, and on over your experience and stuff at such an, a young age. But really, it looks kind of like this. You get into the interview, and they're like, so uh, tell us a little about yourself. You tell them about your military, and then it's like, oh, Afghanistan. Oh, well, like, what was the weather like over there? And then you're just talking about Afghanistan, and they're like, okay, well, what else can you provide? And you can't really, because you don't really have any other experience outside of the military. Um, and that's how it was for me. It was tough. Uh, also, some other, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress stuff started popping up. I, uh, I'm sitting in my apartment, you know, weeks of no sleep and stuff. And I had this kind of question nagging at me. And it was, what do you want to do to help people before you die? Sounds a little cliche, but I was at a very low point And uh, I was like, okay, well, at the time, I was having a hard time getting into the VA. I was super frustrated with that. And so I'm like, I'm going to fix the healthcare system. So I started like creating a plan of like how I was going to do this. And, and uh, I quickly realized like you need a lot of money to do that. I'm like, well, I can't get a job. So how do I get this money? And I started reading up on the stock market and like how to day trade and all that stuff. And again, quickly realized you need money to start doing that. But there was something important that happened there. And it was, I didn't know it at the time. It's looking back on it. But I was creating a plan for my life, and it kind of in reverse. I saw the problem, and it's, I started creating a plan to fix the problem, and then I started executing the plan. And that's technically what you do, and I hear a lot of people talking about how they can't find their passion. Maybe they're in a job where they're just, they hate their life, and you know, things just aren't going well for them. And they're like, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I've been there. And without me knowing it, I kind of did the thing that you're supposed to do. And it, it led me into business and, and studying about business. I kind of realized, like, I pick up this stuff pretty easily. I don't have any business training, per se. But I just kind of understood how the business world, the economy, the value of things, the interpersonal relationships between people, I kind of understood all of that stuff. And so me picking a problem, no matter how big it was, solving healthcare in the country, yeah, um, I started acting on it. And, and it was basically, 
It didn't matter if I was actually going to solve healthcare in the country, but I was taking a step forward. And you hit a wall and you do everything in your power to either jump over the wall or get around the wall or punch through the wall. Eventually, you kind of figure out, okay, that's definitely a wall. Um, And then you pivot. It's always with that thing in mind that you're trying to solve a problem in the world. And for me, it was like, there's a definite money issue. I got to figure this out. And so I eventually, as time passed, um, just kind of educating myself on how things work and getting my wits about me once getting out of the military and learning how this adult life works. Um, I ended up in Las Vegas and it was just cheaper to live. It's way cheaper than California. It's not so much as cheap now, but, um, I started going to school. I was like, okay, I never really wanted to go to college, but now I had a goal. It was business. Like I got to learn this business thing. And so I signed up for some classes and I started taking some business classes and learning. And I quickly learned that the way college is now, it's very much teach you how to build a resume so you can work for somebody else. And that was valuable because for me, one day I want to own my own business. And so it was like, oh, I got to learn this. But it wasn't teaching me the fine details of business. And so I started building a business plan and I started uh, putting this vision that I had of problems that I wanted to solve into action. And I learned more just by simply starting a company and going to different interviews with potential clients and um, that whole process, it just really enlightened me on the real aspects of business at a kind of a more visceral level. Instead of reading it from a book, you're, you're actually talking to people. And I had to kind of hone in that muscle because that's difficult for me. I don't like talking about myself. I, you know, I just don't. I would rather highlight other people. So even doing this podcast is a little outside of my comfort zone. But I started my company in 2018. It was called Homage Enterprises, like paying homage to something. Everybody says it all different all over the world. Homage, homage, it's all the same thing. Um, And it was basically this idea that I'm going to create a company that solves the problems that's that small businesses have in staying afloat the hardest part of a small business is the very beginning that's when most of the businesses come in on them like they cave in on themselves um, for various reasons sometimes it's simply your product sucks and sometimes it's the the owner themselves sometimes it's the managers you don't know how to hire a good team but I figured okay well there's those things can be taught And on top of that, you can also provide these businesses with the means of of being able to do the things. Like if you need real estate, be able to provide in some way that, logistics. And I realized that over the years, especially in the last couple of years, we're at the end of August 2022, the last couple of years have been pretty wild. I've learned that the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that small business has over a large corporation is how close you are to the community, the small business community, whether they're your competition or they're your customers, you're, you're, you're in the thick of it. And for many years, we've done so much of trying to tear each other down 
that we've alienated our companies from each other. And we have this awesome technology called the internet now. We have access to information. We have access to programs that um, allow us to add certain aspects to our business that we never had before. And it's important. But as I learned all this stuff, I started to notice also that the bigger corporations in the world, um, they have a more, I don't want to say malicious intent, but it's kind of malicious to basically run everything. And in my opinion, that is as far away from the American constitution, individual liberties as you can get. And now they have a place, those big corporations have a place in the world. They do certain things that just small, a small business can't do. But in the country, we all know that the middle class, the small business community, is what decides whether or not the economy of the United States is actually healthy. And I feel like we need to do a better job of lifting each other up and connecting each other so that we can be almost independent organism of the rest of the you know, political and economic part of the country, part of the world. So it's been a long road. It's been, you know, years now. And I finally felt like I've educated myself to an, a point where I can start talking about these things with confidence. Um, the COVID impact on my business personally has been pretty enlightening. I started my business in 2018, and this was after doing some research on like deep dive into like financial reports of businesses and, and how they operate and who they hire. And like you start to notice some things about the bigger companies that the small businesses are not taking advantage of or, or even aware of. And there's no real hedge of protection around small business in the country. Eventually, that's what I would like my company to do. But this podcast, I want to bring start bringing people on that are in the thick of it in small business, whether it be farmers or, you know, people that work in oil refineries or restaurant owners, anybody that's in a small business or part of a small business that don't ever really get a voice. Um, it's kind of crazy. It would shock you how many people in cities legitimately think that their their food comes from the freezer section. Like it's just magically grown in the freezer section of the grocery store. Um, it's a shocking number of people that think that. And I think that comes from the fact that we are so disconnected from the actual people that make this country go round. And so I would like to bring those people on to really talk about, you know, their, their process get into the details. Um, you know, a lot of the bigger podcasts, it's famous people inviting other famous people on. And we kind of get this like weird diluted sense of how the economy works. And we forget about the people that just get up every day to go to work. And those are the people that are really important. That's the community that's actually closer to us than the big famous people. Um, this podcast might evolve over time. But that's the main goal. I uh, today I'm just I'm just doing my part. I'm trying to find a way in this world, and this is a podcast that's going to be more of an education for me. And I'm going to take whatever I learn in this and try to do good in the world. Um, if you want to stay tuned in, that would be fantastic. Just stay stay tuned and like like share subscribe 
on any platform that you, you end up listening to this on. And yeah, appreciate your time. Y'all have a good one.